want to share with you today about God's amazing love for you. I'm glad you're here and God is glad you're here because the definition of love is God. The Bible says God is love. Love only exists because of God. You can only love and experience love because you are made in the image of your creator who is love. God loves you so much. His love is infinite, never ending, incomprehensible for you. Not just his people in general, but specifically you. He loves you intimately as if you were the only person on this universe. This is the truth. This is the word of God. God sent me today to, to reveal to you his love for you. He says, my people do not know how much I love them. I need you to tell them, to reveal to them my love for them. Hallelujah. Say, God loves me. God loves me so much. No matter what, no matter what I've done, God loves me for me. And he always will. To comprehend God's love is impossible. But to start with, so you can kind of try to imagine his love for you. I know you all love people in your lives. The greatest love that you felt for someone in your life, whether it's your child, your spouse, a friend, a son, a daughter, a sister, a brother. That love that you have felt, that you've experienced for that person it's like a grain of sand compared to the ocean of God's love for just you. For just you. That's his love. You can't do anything to change his love. You can't do anything to mess it up. You can't do anything to make him turn away and change his mind. He loves you as you are. He sees you as his beautiful creation. He looks at you every single second with adoration, with devotion, with awe and wonder. Like you've looked at your children, if you've had children before, and you look at them with awe and wonder. That's how he looks at you now, right now in this moment. That's how he's looking upon you. He looks at you and he says, this, there is only one in the world like this. I've made my son, my daughter perfectly and no, nothing compares to him or her. They are irreplaceable and only him or her can accomplish what I've set them out to do, to change the world and to bring my kingdom to this earth. This person right here, you, you hold a special place in God's heart where, where, where only you can bring him a certain kind of joy. There's a space reserved in his heart where only you can fulfill it just by being you and just by you knowing his love and walking in relationship with him. This is the powerful love of God. Hallelujah. God today wants you to be confident in his love for you. This love that I explained to you right now, this is truth. This is the word of God. This is truth. Not the thoughts you have had in your mind that are conflicting. No, 
What I have spoken right now is the truth. And God today wants you to be confident of this. He wants nothing to shake this truth. Nothing to shake how you see him, how you see his love for you. God's love is so incredible, is so big and amazing and supernatural that he, when you, when you have revelation of his love and allow his love to fill you and be in relationship with him, you don't need anything else. You will feel complete contentment. You will never feel lonely, even if you live by yourself or a single person. When you can have this revelation of God's love and it can stay in you, this contentment that never changes is possible. And it's what God wants for you more than anything. You were created with this hole, this vacuum inside, where your soul, you long for it to be filled. You long for contentment, for peace, for joy, for love, for acceptance, for purpose. Every single person here feels that. Every single person here was born with that. There's only one thing that can fill that. And that's the love of God. Nothing else can fill it. You can try things of the world. You can try other things. You can try even people. People to fill it. It will never be filled. You will always feel lacking. Only the love of God, seeing how God loves you, believing it, knowing it, and having relationship with him, that is the only thing that will fill you. And it will fill you with such amazing peace and joy that you stand out in this world. It fills you with such peace and joy and love that your love, his love, is so poor, so big in you that it overflows to everyone. It cannot not over, overwhelm and overflow to everyone. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is how amazing and powerful and massive his love is. This is what separates you. This is how people can see Jesus is real. By his love, fully in you, fully known by you, and overflowing to others. God wants more than anything in this world for you to know his love for you. Specifically you, not his children in general, specifically for you. This is what God wants more than anything. This is how you will fulfill your purpose. This is how you will find peace and joy in this world. Hallelujah. So, God sent me today to co-labor with him to fight for your love. God today is fighting for your love, fighting for you to see his love, fighting for you to know his love. He's fighting for you. He's fighting for this. I say the word fighting because it is a fight. It is a struggle. I know many of you sitting here have heard tons of thoughts in their mind that are speaking the opposite of what I've just said today. Many of you dealing with thoughts in your head, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. God is far from me, I think. How can he be close? How can he love me? Many of you are think, have been thinking these thoughts. This right here shows that it is a fight. It's a battle to receive God's love, 
to live in his love, to keep on seeing his love the way he sees you accurately. This is a battle. And God is fighting for you today. I am fighting for you for Jesus today. Hallelujah. By you positioning yourself here today, you are fighting to receive this love. And you will have victory today. Amen. Genesis 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled, and deceit than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. This is in Genesis when God had just created the universe, Adam and Eve. It says, The serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled, and deceit than any living creature in the field which the Lord had made. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, can it really be that God has said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from which the tree is in the middle of the garden. God said, you shall not eat from it nor touch it, otherwise you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened that is, you will have greater awareness and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. So this here, what I just read to you, shows us the beginning of the battle to know God's love. The beginning of the battle. Adam and Eve knew God's love. They saw God accurately. God loves me. God loves me no matter what. But one day, the devil, who was full of deceit, he came lying to them, lying aggressively. Not only did he come lying, but he made up lies about God's character. He tried to say the opposite of what was true about how God was. He says, you certainly will not die when the devil, when, when God said, you will die. So number one, he says, that's absolutely false what God said. That's what the devil said. And secondly, he says, you know what? God's just trying to trick you because God doesn't want you to be powerful. God's got ulterior motives. You can't really trust him. That's what the devil was saying when he said that. Here comes the battle to hang on to the truth of this incomparable, incom incomprehensible love that God has for you. Now, Adam and Eve believed the devil. They were deceived. They went with the lie. But today, we have this word of God that we can learn from, that we can be equipped so that we don't make the same mistakes. This word of God is powerful because it shows us clearly exactly how the devil works. The way that, that the devil worked in, in Adam and Eve's mind, planting lies and deceit in their minds, about the character of God, about how God saw them. That's the same exact way he works today. And he's been doing this for many years. It says he was, he was crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit. That's what it says, more than any living creature. That was back in the beginning of time, so he's improved by now. The point is, this shows us. This shows us what's going on. What's going on right now, it's like if you're watching a movie, you know, a movie or a TV show, maybe a reality uh, dating show or something, and there's this drama where somebody plants this lie. Oh, this guy that you love, he's actually doing this. He's actually not who you think he is. And you're watching the show and you're like, no, don't fall for that lie. It's just someone making up a lie. No, like there's this, this man really does love you. 
this is the truth. I hope you can see it. And you get all nervous watching the show and the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Have you been there? Or maybe in your own life. This is exactly what's going on in the spiritual realm. The enemy is constantly trying to lie to you about how God thinks about you, about how he sees you, and about who you are as a child of God. So when, when we are equipped with this knowledge, it changes the game. It changes the game. Without the word of God, without the Bible, we're helpless, we're hopeless. We don't know we even have an enemy, and we don't know the strategy of the enemy even. It's like if you are playing a soccer game, and you don't know that you have any opponent, so you're just dribbling down the field, unaware that there's somebody who's super skilled at soccer who's trying with all their might to take away the ball from you. You don't stand a chance if you aren't prepared for your opponent, if you aren't prepared of the opponent's strategy. That's why soccer players, they know, okay, they're going to come this way. I'm going to do a trick. I'm going to do a fake or basketball, a pump, a pump fake, right? You know the strategy. You know how they're thinking. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to outwit them. I'm not going to let them trick me. I'm going to have victory. Amen. So as a child of God, you, you have to know what's going on in the spiritual realm. You have to know that there is a battle constantly but that you will always have victory as long as you do what God says, as you go to his word, as you remind yourself of this truth, as you choose to resist the enemy when he tries to come and accuse. Amen? 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be well balanced and always alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. So here it gives us direction. This is like the game plan. Okay, you want to have victory? This is how you have victory. Be well-balanced and always alert. This is an assignment that God's given us. He wants you to live in his love always, but you have to fight for it. It, it doesn't always become this like hard fight. Jesus makes your yoke light, your burden light. Amen? The Bible says when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So when you start doing this, when you start putting this into action, I'm alert. I'm alert to the mind, the thoughts that are coming to my mind. I'm alert. And I'm going to resist everyone. Over time, the enemy realizes, I can't get him or her. I've lost. And he leaves. You can't be tricked in your mind anymore. The devil doesn't even try anymore. Hallelujah. Also, this is powerful. It says, you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Be encouraged that you're not the only one that has thoughts in your mind that are unwanted and, and conflicting from what the truth is. The enemy tries with everybody. There's nothing more th that the devil hates than you knowing God's love. This is what he tries upon every single person to try to deceive them, to try to keep them blinded from the truth. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. So this passage reveals that the way that the enemy comes is in your mind 
is in your thoughts. This passage makes it very clear. The enemy will try to come speaking lies to you in your mind. The enemy will try to come speaking through other people lies. And then will cause that to stay in your mind and bring it up again, remind you again and again and again. But you have power. You have power over your mind. You have power over these lies. You do. God has given you the strength. When you make this intention of being alert and of taking prisoner of war every thought, it says, every thought captive, taking it seriously, I will not let that thought linger. Oh, that thought in my mind, wait, that does not align with the word of God. That does not align with God's truth. Oh, I know what's going on here. I know the enemy is lying to me right now. I will not believe it. I will not let this be my truth. I will not cause it to make me cry and linger in that. No, I'm being stubborn. It says, it says, be, be vigilant. Hallelujah. It says, resist every attack with strong, vigorous faith. You have the power to do it. Be serious and vigilant. No, this thought is not truth. Speak it out loud so the enemy hears you. I don't agree with that thought that went in my mind. God loves me. God is close to me. I'm more than enough. I am worthy. I have a bright future. God has amazing plans for me. God is with me. God is protecting me. I am lovable. I can do all things through Christ. I am beautiful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is the word of God I'm speaking. This is the truth of what God says about you and how he sees you. So this is how you have victory when those thoughts come. You don't let them stay. You don't let them be truth. You don't voice them. You speak the word of God. You say, this is my truth. This is my truth. This is my truth. And the enemy has no choice but to leave. It's a spiritual principle. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when you take intention in this, when you do what the word of God says, what I just read to you, the enemy has no choice but to leave. Hallelujah. The power is in faith. So when you believe what I'm telling you right now and you put it into action, you will see the results. You will see the enemy fleeing you. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so, so there's one thing I want to share with you that's really important to know. Important to know so you have, you know the enemy's strategy. You, you, you're able to discern the truth. And that's this, that when, when we see the devil, how he spoke to Adam and Eve, he was aggressive. He said, that's not truth. You most certainly will not die. He was so, he was a good actor, right? He was confident. He was aggressive when he spoke. Right? Right? But when we, when, we, when we read the word of God, we see how the Bible says that with Elijah, he wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. But he was in. He wasn't in the fire. But he was in the still, small voice. He was found in a still, quiet voice is where God's voice was found. The Bible also says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me. Go out to seek me with all of your heart. That is when you'll find me. The Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. 
So how God works is he wants you to come to him. He does not force himself on you. He's here with arms wide open, but the principle in the spiritual realm of how it works, how you hear his voice, how you find his presence is you seek him, you knock. Like you coming here today, this is you seeking. This is you positioning yourself to hear from him, to receive from him. This is how God works. Whereas the devil is the opposite. He barges in your thoughts. He barged into Adam and Eve and says, hey, no, I'm going to tell you some lies right now. Boom. That's how the enemy was. So I share this with you because many of you do not know the spiritual principle that thoughts in your mind many times are coming from the enemy, are planted from the enemy. Whatever does not align with God's word that comes in your mind comes from the devil. Specifically, it did not even come from you. It came from the enemy to try to deceive you into thinking it's truth. Those lies that come, I don't know if I'll make it. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm worthy. Maybe I should just end it. I don't know if anyone loves me. I don't know even know if even anyone sees me. I don't feel God. I don't hear God. I think he's far. Those are all from the devil, and I expose them now in Jesus' name. So the spiritual reality, the spiritual truth, is that feelings are not the truth most of the time. But the word of God is what's truth. You can feel a certain way, but it doesn't mean that that's your truth. You can, feel, you can feel all sorts of fear, hopeless about the future. But the truth is that God knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. The truth is, is God is protecting you. You are his child. And part of your inheritance is his protection. The truth is, the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So all of those truths are opposite from what you're feeling inside. But when you do not know the spiritual reality of things and you're living in the world, just going with your feelings, going with your thoughts, the worldly way is the feelings are the truth. You give power to your feelings. That's just the worldly, normal way. It feels right to like, like your feelings are your truth. But that's not how it is in the spiritual realm. That's not the truth. That's not God's truth. And God's truth is the truth, is your truth. Amen? So this is powerful, what I'm sharing with you right now. This is going to free many of you. Because many of you have been bombarded with these negative thoughts. And because they are so much more aggressive than the voice of God, then your experience, your perception of the voice of God, of the presence of God, you've thought that these emotions and thoughts from the devil are truth because they seem to you more powerful. See? So the word of God is powerful because it reveals to us how, how it works, how you find God's voice, how you find his presence, and how the devil finds you. The devil's aggressive and loud. God comes in a still, small voice, and you have to seek. So this is powerful because when those thoughts come, you can remember this word. Okay, just because these thoughts are overwhelming me so much and I feel like I don't hear God at all, that doesn't mean that they're true. The enemy is the accuser. The aggressive accuser. But God comes in a still small voice. He's with me all the time. He's not in the feelings. He's a spirit. He's not in the feelings. He's a spirit. He is with me. This is my truth, the word of God. I'm going to the word of God. I'm going to the spiritual truth. 
This is what's truth, not my feelings, no matter how big they feel. Hallelujah. Amen? I want to share with you, I want to expose one lie of the enemy that many of you have been believing. I'm going to expose it as a lie right now. And that is that you should feel shame when you've messed up, done something wrong. And you should feel shame about your past and that God is disappointed with you. I expose that lie right now. That is never, ever truth. The Bible says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Meaning Jesus never condemns. Jesus has compassion and understanding for you. I mean, look at how you think about a child. A two-year-old child makes a huge mess everywhere. Costs you a bunch of money because of uh, the big mess. But do you make the child feel shame? No. You love them. You hug them. And you say, it's okay. Let me show you a new, a new way to go next time. I'm going to show you a way that this won't happen again. And it will be better for you. Amen? Right? So when you look at God and you look at yourself, that's a much bigger leap than a toddler and adult. Amen? In terms of the mind. My point is, is that if you can have compassion and understanding and grace and no shame, no shame but only love for the two-year-old, how about God for you? I don't care even if you've done it tons of times over messed up. The same thing. God's grace and compassion and understanding and forgiveness and love remains the same for you. Hallelujah. Genesis 2.25, it says that Adam and Eve were both naked and they were not ashamed or embarrassed. When they were first in the garden before the devil came, it says they were naked and unashamed and not embarrassed. So they were like, they had no idea. Like, God, you can see everything. That's how God wants us to be now in our lives. Like, we're not perfect. We're, we're humans. We're not perfect. But God doesn't, he wants us to be open. I know you're not perfect and it's okay. Let me just see you all. I love all of you. The mistakes, I love you all. I love you the same. I love you the same. I just want to see all of you. Because when you're this way, it makes you come to Jesus. It makes you want to come to him. It makes you want to follow him. It makes you want to obey him. When you can rightly see his love for you in your imperfections. It makes you fall even more in love with him. And it's the love of Jesus that gives you the power to obey him. That's the, only, that's the only thing that gives you the ability to not sin and to obey him. The only thing is seeing his love for you. Is having revelation of his love for you. Hallelujah. So, but it says that when the, the devil deceived Adam and Eve, then Adam and Eve then after they ate the apple, they hid and they said, they, they were embarrassed that they were, they saw that they were naked. And they say to God, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? So they accepted shame for the first time, which was a lie. And then they hid from God. So this is the opposite of being able to see God's love for you. When you do this, you are saying yes to the enemy and allowing him to speak more and more and closing your eyes more and more from God's amazing love for you. That's what happens. That's what the enemy wants. The God says, who told you that you were naked? 
In other words, who told you that you should ever feel shame? That's what he's saying to you today. That's what he meant when he said that to them. Who told you? Whoever told you that was a liar. I am never ashamed of you. When you make mistakes, I love you just the same. I never want you to feel shame. Never. This is the truth of how God is. Hallelujah. It's anytime you feel shame, anytime you feel, oh, God, oh man, I'm, God must be disappointed. I can't, oh, I can't believe I did this. Stop yourself. Stop yourself right there and do what I just explained about taking the thoughts captive. That thought of, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, no. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe I did that. Oh, God must be disappointed. That is all lies that you're believing and you need to stop. You need to stop right there. You need to say, wait, wait, I'm different now. I'm different now. I'm a warrior of God and I'm fighting this battle. I'm fighting to stay in God's love. I'm fighting to keep my eyes open and not have the blinders of the devil on. I'm fighting for this. So Jesus, I'm sorry, but oh, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for loving me as I am. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the power to change. Thank you, Jesus, for never condemning me. Just go to Jesus like that. Go to him like that. That's you being naked. And that's when you can see his love for you and receive it. That's when you are in the truth. Today you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Thank you, Father. The word of God is powerful. I'm giving you powerful truths for you to know today. Do you know that love keeps no record of wrongs, the Bible says? 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it keeps no record of wrongs. Hebrews 8, 12, God says, I will forgive their wickedness and it will remember their sins no more. God has chosen to completely forget your sins. The one you did today, he's chosen to forget. He has supernatural powers. I know we don't really have that power, but God can do it. God's chosen to do this amazing act. This is his love for you. You mess up and he's already erased it away from his memory. He can't see it. And so you have been holding this thing, this bad thing that you did, carrying it around, feeling awful about it, feeling regret, feeling shame, feeling like God sees it all the time and that you can never be anything good in this world. And the whole time, God's like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. I don't see anything in your life. I see nothing. I see nothing but pure, blameless, spotless. That's all I see. This is the truth. This is the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lastly, I'm going to share with you as we close one last lie. One last lie that the enemy strategically speaks to all of God's people. I'm exposing this today. And that is because you don't feel God or hear him that he's not close to you or that he doesn't love you as much as other people. That is a lie. Your relationship with God is based on faith. Faith. Your relationship with God is based on faith. Your relationship with God is not based on feelings. Your relationship with God is not based on how you physically hear him, physically see him, physically touch him. No, it is not. That is how your earthly relationships are. But that is not how your relationship with God is. It is based on faith. In John 20, Jesus appeared to the disciples, to 11 of them. 
He appeared after he resurrected. Wow, Jesus, you've risen from the dead. We see you. But there was one disciple who wasn't there when Jesus showed up. And then the 11 told him, it was Thomas, we have seen the Lord with our own eyes. But it says, still unconvinced, Thomas replied, there's no way I'm going to believe this unless I personally see the wounds of the nails in his hands, touch them with my finger, and put my hand into the wound of his side where he was pierced. In other words, I won't believe it's not real until I physically feel, physically see. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others were in the house together, and even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. Peace to you, he said. Then looking into Thomas's eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, put your hand into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the words spilled out of his heart. You are my Lord. You are my God. Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts. And they will be blessed even more. Did you catch that? There are those who have not seen me with their own eyes, who have not heard my audible voice, who have only found me in this still small voice. Many times they weren't sure if they were really hearing me or not. But they are more blessed than you, Thomas. They are more blessed. I used to be insecure about my relationship with God. I used to be insecure. I felt like I didn't really hear him. I didn't know how to hear him. And it's unnatural when you're, you know, you're used to hearing audibly people and how do you hear God's voice? You know, when you're becoming a believer, it's natural to take a journey and learn and it not be immediate and it not be certain. Okay? But there were also people in my life who would say like, I heard God. God told me this. God told me this. Some I even heard they say God appeared to me. I heard God audibly. You know, there were people in my life that would speak these things. And that would make me feel insecure. And it would make me, I would, I would hear the lie of the devil that says maybe, they, maybe God loves them more than you. Or maybe you're not being spiritual enough. Maybe you're not being quiet enough and listening. Maybe you're not praying enough. Maybe you're not doing this enough. Because how come you're not having the experiences that they seem to be having? I was actually called to be an apostle. I was, it was a prophecy. And I was shocked because at that point I was still insecure. Super insecure about my relationship with God and how to hear God. And it, and it made me, be, I would believe the lie that's like, you won't be called to do something big for God because you don't hear him that well. But those were all lies of the devil. Those were all lies of the devil. Those were all lies of the devil. And even some people, maybe even out of insecurities, the same insecurities that I had, sometimes may even make up that they or hearing God a certain way, or had this big encounter, uh, saw him visibly. Some people do. But in my experience, I've seen that even some, sometimes people will make that up, and the enemy will use that to make you feel insecure. But I'm here to say that your relationship with God is based on faith, not feelings. Faith, not feelings. God is not closer to people whom he's talked audibly to before. Amen? You don't always have to feel something. The Bible says you cannot please God without faith. So it touches him so much when you are just taking the intention to remind yourself of the word of God, of the truth. That as you're walking to the grocery store, God is with me. 
I don't really feel much. I don't really like, you know, hear tons of things or anything, but God is with me. Hi, God. I love you. Thanks for being with me. God, that was an amazing day. Thank you, Father, for helping me through today. Thank you for being with me, Jesus. I love you. Simply throughout your day, just reminding yourself he's here. He doesn't get any closer than that. He doesn't get any closer than that. I used to be so insecure about my relationship with God. But I have grown now to be confident in my relationship with God. I've grown to be confident that I hear God's voice. But I have never audibly heard the voice of God. I have never seen Jesus appear. This confidence has come only through faith. From encountering the power of God, like many of you are about to encounter right now. I had encounters of my own through a prophetic word, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One encounter that increased my faith so much that after that encounter, I was different forever. I was no longer insecure. I knew God's with me. God's with me. He's with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I even, even long, long into being an apostle, I went through a long, a, a long time of desert wilderness time. And I was working hard for God, doing what he was calling me to do. And then there came a time when I was really in the peak of my wilderness season where I wasn't working as much. I was still working a lot, but I just was like a little bit less. And do you know that even though I had had this breakthrough, I've, I've really put into practice what I taught you today. There was a lie that came in my head and I sort of believed it for a bit. And that lie was, you're not seeing the breakthrough, you're not seeing the harvest yet after all these years because you're not working hard enough, because you're not doing enough. Do you know that it was just a couple weeks later that the biggest harvest, breakthrough, promises fulfilled happened in my life? I share that to say that the devil's tricky. And you, you have to be on guard anytime you hear something like that. Like, now I've learned from that. I've learned to know God never condemns. If he wants you to work harder, he convicts with love. What does that look like? Like, you positioning yourself to come here, and I happen to share a word one day about how God blesses the work of your hands. How when you work, God then blesses you your hands, the work of your hands. So you have to go to work. And then the next day you happen to open up your Bible and you read the verse that says, whatever you sow, you will reap. So all of a sudden you're, you're having this revelation from God. Oh, wow. God blesses the work of my hands. What I sow, I will reap only what I sow. So if I don't sow anything, if I don't sow much, I won't reap much. Oh, I think that I should work more. I think that I should do more. I think God wants me to do more. Do you see that conviction with love? Do you see how there was no condemnation, shame? Hallelujah. So above all, above all, above all, you need to know that this love that God has for you is as good as it sounds. It is amazing it is amazing it's not too good to be true this is really his love for you from today don't let the enemy fool you another time in your life be aggressive with those wrong thoughts Jesus loves you so much just as you are 
and nothing can change that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, we thank you, Jesus, for revealing your love today to your people, Lord. We thank you for your amazing, amazing, amazing love, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your perfect love. Thank you that your love never changes and that it goes on and on forever. Thank you that nothing we can do can stop this love. Thank you that you don't see our wrongs. You've chosen to forget our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your amazing love, Father. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you could just lift your hands to God right now, the Holy Spirit is going to come now and he is going to reveal his love to you in power. He is here and he wants to demonstrate his love to you in power. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I declare every lie of the devil that's been hanging out in your mind to go now in Jesus' name. I declare every suicidal thought, suicidal lie to go out now in Jesus' name. I declare every demonic stronghold where in your mind you think the same thing again and again and again, anxiety, stronghold. I declare it to be broken now in Jesus' name. Depression stronghold of the enemy in your mind. I declare that to be broken now in Jesus' name. Get out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Be free now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hopelessness thoughts. I declare them to go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I declare this anointing to touch every single person here right now in Jesus' name. May his love touch you now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. To everybody who is sick, I declare healing now in Jesus' name. Every pain in every body, be healed. Pain, leave now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is freeing people here and people watching and people who will watch the replay I see right now of suicidal thoughts. He is freeing you now in Jesus' name. Be free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.